You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Hey, everybody. Jeff here. And for the very first episode of Q Marriage Mentors, I visited the beautiful home of Toby Johnson and Kip Dollar in Austin, Texas. Toby is a longtime activist within the LGBT community, and he's a freelance writer who has published multiple books in gay spirituality and science fiction. Kip is an artist who also has an accounting background and has served as the bookkeeper for many of the businesses they've operated together. They've been together as a couple for 34 years, and I began by asking them how they met. Toby started our conversation. Well, we lived in San Antonio, which is hometown to both of us. Um, I was uh, had, had moved back from San Francisco after spending 10 years in San Francisco and was uh, trained as a gay psychotherapist. Uh, I'd gotten to be chair or co-chair or something like that of the Gay Alliance in San Antonio. Um, and about the second or third year I was back, um, I went into the bank to uh, change my uh, checking account to an interest-bearing account. And Kip was at the new accounts desk. Ah. I was not supposed to be at the new accounts desk that day, and I was not happy about being at the new accounts desk. We had a um, code that had taken out half of the lobby staff, and uh, I was working in retirement investments, but had worked in new accounts at one point, so was uh, subbing that day quite a a bit of good luck that uh, I was at that desk. So illness that took everybody else down brought you all together. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I opened an account for Toby and I uh, sent him over to the uh, teller department to, I think you wanted to uh, cash a check or something. And uh, as he was walking away from my desk, he said, you're you're a very handsome man. You remind me of my uh, ex-boyfriend. And I said, well, thank you. (laughs) Well, this is um, a very conservative downtown bank in San Antonio, Marble Halls. Uh, I felt that this echoed from one end of the bank to the other. Uh, And I said it perhaps a little too loud. (laughs) Kind of like the Ellen episode where she says, (laughs) I'm gay over the microphone. Yeah. But uh, uh, it was a different time then. Um, I was working uh, in a three-piece suit in a very conservative bank, and no one at work knew that I was gay. So uh, our relationship started out with meeting uh, away from the bank. And our first... Uh, well, we actually we didn't. We didn't have a date and for another year. Yeah, we wow. actually just... I, I'd occasionally go into the bank, and we'd run into each other. One day, Kip followed me out and said, I'm going to lunch. Would you like to join us? Well, then one day, uh, uh, Toby's uh, family had uh, business accounts with the bank and were uh, valued customers. They were upset and were moving the company accounts. Uh, My boss was upset about this and freaking out. And I said, well, I know Lois's son well enough. I'll just cold call, see what's going on, see if there's any way we can salvage any or part of this. And uh, so I called Toby and he explained what the situation was and that really we weren't going to salvage the business, but I did take that opportunity to invite him out for dinner. Okay. And uh, 
uh, I later ended up going to work for his mother uh, because uh, my relationship with Toby outed me at the bank. And that uh, they would not fire me, but they wouldn't promote me. So it became obvious that I'm going nowhere. Uh, so I left the bank. I ended up working for uh, his mother in the family business. Which was Wholesale Flowers. Wholesale we had a Wholesale flowers. Flower business. And this is trucking flowers, not arranging flowers. It's uh, a huge uh, business of uh, bringing flowers to Texas from all over the world. Wow. So the joke in the family was uh, we not only took our accounts, we took our bank officer with us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you went on this first date, and then how uh, out were you able to be in the community? Obviously, you paid a price, Kip, for being out, but uh, did you have other gay friends back then? Uh, what was it like? That was the early 80s, right? Yes. Uh, well, yes, we met in 84. We actually met in 83, and then this first date is in 84. Uh, one of the uh, bankers, uh, a friend of my mother's, uh, had uh, remarked to Kip that be careful of him. He's head of the homosexuals. Yes. Head of the homosexuals. Isn't that nice? That's one of the nicest things anyone has ever said about me. Oh, <laughs> several people at the bank took me aside and, uh, because they thought that I was just too innocent uh, and that I you know, didn't know what the score was, and they wanted to warn me about Toby because uh, Toby was... Uh, very out and was a uh, open spokesperson even in the early 80s and was interviewed on TV and so everybody knew the name Toby Johnson he's that gay man that they uh, that the news always interviews like he was the only one in town uh, but his name became a hairpin you could ask someone do you know Toby Johnson and that was a way of asking are you gay and if they said well yes I know Toby Johnson so uh, for a little time in San Antonio uh, you could drop his name uh, to find out if somebody was gay but it was funny though because uh, if they uh, one of the uh, uh, reporters wanted was doing a story about AIDS and lesbians because nobody was talking about AIDS and lesbian issues well, they couldn't find a woman to talk to, so they had to interview Toby, and he was the expert on lesbians and AIDS issues. <laughs> well, it was in a way that was a wonderful place to start. You know, we we were already so out. Uh, my experience of my whole life is in once I came to understand this, I've been out. And then the, all those issues about being in the closet or what if somebody finds out, all of them are just gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore because everybody knows. But how did you get past that, Toby? Because you were a, a guy ahead of your time. And obviously there were a lot of uh, gay men still living in fear and living in closets. And somehow you just push past that. How did you do that? Well, I was living in San Francisco in the 70s. And, you know, I, I and particularly, I think, because I trained as a psychotherapist and then did an internship and then worked in a identified gay clinic, um, I didn't have to say, I'm gay. I could say, I'm a gay psychologist. Got it. Um, I own, we own the gay bookstore. We, so there was a level of uh, distance in a way. So it wasn't revealing a secret. It was identifying a, a position we proudly held. 
Wow. Um, so it's nice to be a professional homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> head homosexual, head of the homosexuals. And so at what point in your dating did you know, okay, we're going to do this. This is going to be long term. And well, how did you know? The, the first date was uh, dinner at Crocodiles. And uh, 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 we just had dinner that night, but enjoyed our evening and so made a date for the following Friday night at his place and he would cook. And that night we had sex. So that is our anniversary. We, we go by the first sex, which was one weekend, <laughs> the first date. <laughs> Got but, it. Okay. Uh, uh, a funny story about uh, taking him to dinner. I... Uh, was 24 at the time. And, you know, back then everyone didn't have debit cards and credit cards. Uh, debit cards didn't even exist, I think, at that time. But I had just gotten my first credit card and I had not used it. And I was picking up dinner and I was going to charge it and I didn't know how to use my credit card. I wasn't sure was I supposed to have cleared it with the restaurant before we ate our dinner that I'm paying <laughs> with a credit card. And what do I do? Do I waive it? Do I place it on the table? What do I do? And I was afraid that he was going to catch on, that this kid has never used a charge card before. <laughs> but I think uh, you, you were oblivious to it. How old were oh, each of you at the time that you met? 24 and 38. 38. We have 14 years difference between us. Talk about that for a minute. Uh, Over the years, what's that age gap been like? Is it a non-issue? Has has it come up as a challenge from time to time? Oh, it's certainly been an issue in the sense of being a characteristic of our relationship, I think. Shortly before we met or around the time we met, I, in fact, I'd come up to Austin from San Antonio to hear, um, uh, uh Drew Madison and, uh, uh, Bob McWhorter give a talk on the gay couple. That book had just come out, The Gay Couple. The Male Couple. The Male Couple. Yes. The Male Couple. And, um, they were 14 years, uh, difference between them. I see. Uh, and, um, uh, they talked about the value of couples having a certain distance between them so that um, the, 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 the image they used was of uh, sine waves being in and out of phase. Um, and when both people are the same age, they said, well, you know, you then go through the same midlife crises and uh, uh, developmental crises at the same time and make each other's worse. Whereas if you are on out of phase, it tends to smooth things out. Um, what a great I'm analogy. Not sure, but maybe it was a wonderful idea. And I think in a way it's proved to be so. Uh, um, certainly my experience of being the older one is that when I look at our world, I see Kip and he looks younger. And so I think of myself as younger. Um, uh, not that getting old is a bad thing, but it's nice to stay, to, to feel yourself vital and, uh, and attractive. And I have Kip as my example of what we look like. So, uh, it's been very good for me and I hope it's been good for him in the sense of, uh, for, for me, it has been good. Uh, uh, I, I think that the age difference has worked very well for both of us, uh, there have been some times, though, when 
I was judged by someone who doesn't know us and who doesn't know how long we've been together, who just assumes that that age difference has something to do with money or being taken care of. And of course, anyone who knows that we've been together for 34 years wouldn't assume that. But upon first meeting, sometimes people will ask too soon, how long have you two been together? Even now, you run into that. Even now. Well, well, like if we're but traveling, you know, we're we've been on gay cruises or something, and, and and you see these guys, because some of the people on the cruises, in fact, are older men traveling with a uh, uh, a younger uh, consort. Yes. How to say that nicely. Yes. <laughs> um, and you, one particular person sort of really pressed your buttons by saying well, that in a snide way, and uh, well, yes, he said, uh, 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 how long have y'all been together? Or, or he said, y'all, you two are together, and looked at Toby and said, you must be very wealthy. <laughs> and I thought, well, gee, that was kind of a compliment to both of us. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> yes, thank you, ouch. <laughs> wow. So, but, so there has been sort of dealing with cultural stereotypes. But I haven't um, seen the age difference much. I mean... Between us, I don't experience that there's an age difference. Uh, On a just, day-to-day basis, you don't really feel yeah, it, run into yeah. it. There are some, uh, I benefit in that there are some things that you just naturally go through, like your midlife crisis. He got there 14 years earlier, so he can help me through my midlife crisis because he's been there, he's done that. Uh, and then, you know, the, the issues with uh, males and uh, doctors and, you know, things that happen at age 50, at age 60. Well, I get a little preview before it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, um, now you mentioned owning <coughs> Liberty Books together, and I think you've owned at least one other business as a couple. We, yes, we, well, we, uh, I had been uh, uh, practicing uh, psychotherapy in San Antonio. Um, I had made a plan way back, it's kind of part of my life, is to do things in 14-year segments, which is interesting that we have this 14-year difference. It was like one of my magical numbers that came up. And uh, I had planned at age 42 to retire from doing social services. And I had worked in mental health in San Francisco. That got to be the 14-year time. So uh, uh, it was time for me to do something different. And uh, we had gone out to California, maybe thinking that we would try and do a bed and breakfast in Santa Cruz. Uh, family issues were going to cause us to come back to San Antonio. But... Um, in the process of all this happening that summer, uh, Tom Doyle, who I, we knew, uh, asked us if we would take over the bookstore from him, that he was just overwhelmed and it was too much. And, and Liberty and Books was Liberty a- Books was the gay and lesbian bookstore in Austin. It had been started by Tom Doyle and his partner, Tom Smith, uh, about a year and a half before. Okay. And uh, Tom was an attorney with the uh, uh, Human Rights Commission or LGRL or something, and um, I was running a publishing company, and Tom was the, uh, the other Tom was the doctor, and one sort of major AIDS doctor in those very early days in Austin. Um, uh, so uh, uh, they wanted out from under the bookstore, and we were kind of looking for something to do, and uh, Austin was close enough that it allowed us to fulfill our family obligations. And I had already been, uh, I, I, I've had a couple of books published that had been in the publishing 
business a little bit. So the bookstore was a perfectly logical thing to do. And it was a wonderful thing to do. Uh, it, it gave us a kind of an identity as a couple. How long did you have it as a business? Uh, let's see. We took over the store in 88. We sold it in 94. So that so about was about seven years, seven years uh, total. And then we had sold it to the gentleman that owned uh, Crossroads books in Dallas and in Houston, and so they wanted to spread to Austin. And they kept it another 18 months and okay. then closed the store. Well, so what was that like being together so much? I mean, you're together at home, and then you would go to the bookstore and run that all day. Um, tell us about that. It works great for us, but I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> I, I think that it would. Uh, it, it's something that is unique to us uh, and I, I wouldn't uh, say that that is something that other people need to do because it would drive a lot of people crazy uh, working and living together especially uh, during the years that we were working for Lethe Press this was a cyber uh, commute so we were only separated by the hall yes. and so when you spend that much time together, you had better get along. You'd better really like each other. So many <clears throat> couples that I've worked with in my practice over the years that have owned a business together talk about the challenge of switching hats, coming home and turning off work and not talking about work, especially contentious or problems at work, um, and then getting into relationship mode. But from what you said, Kip, you, you found a way to to make that work. Yeah, so I'm we, not sure that that was ever an issue. It wasn't. Uh, th there was a way. I'm sure when we had the bookstore, we would come home and continue to talk about stuff. But uh, um, it was... So much of our lives has been doing things together. And that's been... Um, uh, without getting into too much uh, intimacy, you know, even with a certain amount of sex. And uh, we've uh, one of the ways uh, that we have dealt with the monogamy issue is by doing the non-monogamous things together. Okay. So it wasn't like we were endangering the relationship with sexual adventure. We could do things, and, and owning the businesses together was doing things together. It was our being together. Uh, we had the bookstore for seven years, uh, then um, stayed in Austin another couple of years, but then moved to Colorado and opened a bed and breakfast. And we actually lived out in the country. Uh, uh, the bookstore had made us very public figures. Uh, uh, everybody knew who we were. And there was a sort of a joke that we had climbed the social ladder. We would come into town at the top of the social ladder and had never climbed the rungs. And so didn't know anybody's <laughs> name. Uh, but um, we were expected to go to everything and be part of every event, and and it was wonderful, and uh, it was uh, a wearing, and so when we went out to the country, we were like escaping this identity, and uh, uh, lived out in the middle of nowhere in the Rocky Mountains, and uh, created the bed and breakfast. We never had much business, but occasionally there would be people who would come for the weekends. So we were just together all the time. Part of what and very easy. To, it was it was it was yeah. it was our householding together. Yeah, but part of what I'm hearing is a consciousness that you both have, whether personally or professionally, to really put a shield around your relationship and protect it. Um, you didn't use those yes. words, but I was hearing that in some of what you were sharing. 
One of uh, McWhorter and uh, Madison's ideas was that uh, the gay relationship differs from the straight relationship in the sense that men and women uh, come together and have the child and, you know, um, uh, and, and and it's coming together as one. So their wedding ring is the single band. And they suggested that the gay relationship is more two independent people. And the third is the relationship. So you value the relationship as though it were another person. And so we wear these rings that are the three, the Trinity ring, the three interlocked bands. Um, uh, a, a beautiful symbol for the, 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 for valuing the relationship. It isn't just that we are together, it's that we are together in a relationship. And, you know, to the extent that one is a role model in, just because you are public, uh, we felt that because we are in this relationship, we have to model a good relationship. Uh, we have to behave ourselves both for each other, but also for our public identities. We have worn these rings on our right hand for the first 34 years, and we actually got married uh, in uh, March of this year. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> on our 34th anniversary. Got tired of dating. And just, on our yeah. 34th anniversary, <laughs> we figured, you know, it's going to take. And uh, so we switched them, and now we're wearing them on our uh, left hand. Beautiful. Congratulations. Well, obviously, you have found ways to do the we without losing the me, right? You've you found ways to keep your independence. Would you say that's been a, a strength in your relationship? It's been a it's strength. It's and also a been a struggle. Uh, Tell me about uh, that. Uh, because uh, Toby is older. Uh, he was more financially independent when we met. Uh, he's done more things, and he just commands more respect. So sometimes I feel like I'm overlooked. And that, uh, 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 and, and especially like with the bookstore, there are many people who w- do not know that I was part of the bookstore. Really? They see it as Toby's bookstore. Uh, some people remember that I was there. Some people don't even remember I was there. Because your and office was in back. That's true. But it, it just, you know, sometimes it surprises me how invisible I can be in the relationship and how. <laughs> Uh, visible he can be, but that's because he's a speaker, he's a dynamic person, and he wants to be around other people, and I'm hiding out in the house all day. (laughs) Was that ever a source of contention? Did it ever uh, cause some bumps in the road for the two of you, and and how did you get through that? Uh, well, yes, early on, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) and early on, uh, uh, I felt that I did not want to be so financially dependent. Uh, though we were, uh, 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 I was financially dependent on Toby. I did not want to be locked into a relationship. And so it became important that we kept money separate under our different social security numbers and not merge. While we merge everything, I felt like I needed to have my nest egg, uh, my uh, money that I could flee if I wanted to. I think that that has helped in our relationship that I had always the ability to leave the relationship because I had set aside something rather than be truly dependent. But there are times, you know, when I felt that 
I needed my independence financially. And so what kept you together during those difficult times? Uh, well, one of the jokes was that, you know, I'm Catholic, so divorce isn't allowed. <laughs> well, <laughs> Neither was marriage. <laughs> well, and I, I, I don't know if I should say this on uh, 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 where it can be recorded, but we've not had financial problems. And that is something that, you know, determines whether or not a relationship goes rocky or smooth. If there's never any financial issues coming up, then that's something that most couples don't have the luxury of not dealing with that. I see. Well, tell me a little bit more about your early days and how you blended your families. Uh, Were they accepting? And how did you kind of make sure that you merged your families in a successful way? Uh, you know, in dealing with homosexuality and family, there's always stuff and parents have a thing. My mother had a hard time sort of accepting me as gay, but I was head of the homosexuals. You know, it was, it was, it was obvious that this was sort of my job. Uh, and, um, uh, there's an interesting story that uh, Kip got sort of inadvertently outed to his stepfather. Yes. Um, do you want to tell about that for a minute? Um, okay. Uh, in uh, 1992, was it? Uh, we were asked as part of a ACT UP ZAP to go to the registrar's office and apply for a marriage license. And in 92, gay marriage had no feet 91. at all. 91. And, and gay marriage had no feet at all then. It was like this totally crazy concept that even gay people said, what? Uh, but this was, uh, we were going to be turned down. This was an opportunity for Dana Debu who was the uh, 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 registrar, uh, county clerk, county clerk uh, to give a, a nice speech in support of gay marriage. And again, in 91, this is uh, really unheard of. They said there would be some press there. Uh, when we arrived, AP, uh, The Wire, uh, everyone was there. It went national, coast to coast, and my father saw it on te- my stepfather saw it on television. And when I came out to my mother, she asked me not to come out to him. Uh, she said he can't handle it. And so I didn't come out to my stepfather or my oldest brother, Bill. And Bill reported this to me that he was on a fishing trip with my dad and they were sitting and it got very quiet for a long time. And Bill said, did you see the television? And my stepfather said, yes. And Bill said, well, what do you think? And he said, Kip is a fine man. I just hope that people will treat him with respect. Oh, wow. That was from the man that I thought could not handle it. And then uh, he let me know that he knew at a family gathering, he stood up to make a toast. I have four sisters, and they've been married more than once. So he has a lot of son-in-laws. And uh, he got up to give a toast, and he said, uh, I just want to say that of all my son-in-laws, and I've had a lot of son-in-laws, Toby Johnson is my favorite. Oh. <laughs> I almost fell I out bet. of my chair. I was not expecting that. Uh, apparently, he had talked with my mom. But then everyone knew Everyone knew before I came out. Everyone knew. 
And my biological father, who did not raise me, was gay. And so my mother had dealt with this in the 50s with a gay husband. Shock therapy, uh, all sorts of strange things. So at least I had the advantage of my parents knew that this is not curable and we're not going to take him to see anyone. We're not going to try to do anything about it. And I had that leg up because my... Uh, biological father had suffered terribly with electroshock and uh, being fired and you know he was just a self-loathing uh, homosexual so our lives have been just so different so totally different from that it's wonderful we've lived at such a wonderful time in history you know one of the things i want to say is that uh, one of the characteristics i think of our relationship is that we say i love you all the time and we kiss each other and uh and hug and touch and uh, are affectionate very intentionally every time we leave the house we are sure to say i love you just in case it's the last time but to make sure that we say it all the time and i think that's really important and never feel scorn never allow yourself to feel scorn of the other kip can you add to that um, I sort of uh, derailed my train of thought as I was uh, going to say it, but I think that it, it's also important not only to not have scorn, but to understand that when there's just two of you and one of you is angry, the other one has to be willing to be a sounding board, especially if you come home from work and it's something the boss did. Uh, it really helps to have a good understanding that people will sometimes bark at you when they're not mad at you. And so you have to understand that dynamic of it. Yeah. John Gottman talks about building your fondness and admiration system in couples. And also his research indicates really significantly that couples who report being happy uh, over the long term, have this five to one positive to negative ratio. They have five positive interactions for every oh. one <laughs> rolling of the eye or huffing. So it sounds like <laughs> you very intentionally have kind of adopted this uh, uh-huh. mindful awareness that says, you know, we're going to say I love you. We're going to be affectionate as a way of building that well of goodwill yeah. in our relationship. And protecting the relationship. Because the relationship exists independent of us, or including us, but is a thing of itself. I love that. Guys, I wish we had more time, but it's been such a, a treat to spend a little bit of time with you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Toby and Kip. If so, please tell your friends about us and leave a quick review over on iTunes. Join me next time when I talk with Della Nagel and Ruth Pinkham from San Antonio, Texas. You won't want to miss it. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening, and have a great week. 